While others are gathering in, let's sing a few hymns together, the hymn 311. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. We'll remain seated while we sing these lovely hymns. Let's sing our very best from the very first word and enjoy the singing of God's praises in God's house tonight, please. Sometimes the day seems long, the trial's hard to bear, and we're tempted to complain, to murmur in despair. But Christ will soon appear, in power and great array, all tears forever over, in God's eternal day. That's the blessed hope of every child of God. Tears will all be gone when Christ comes in power and glory. Lovely hymn. Let's think about these words, and may they be a blessing to our hearts. Some Times a day seems now.
to sing thy grace, themes of mercy, never ceasing, call for songs of loudest praise. <clears throat>
Our opening hymn tonight is a hymn 199. God loved the world of sinners lost and ruined by the foe. Salvation full at highest cost, he offers free. To a lovely hymn, tremendous words, been singing well, but let's sing our very best. Mr. Cairns used to always say, let's pull out all the stops. And so we want you to pull out all the stops and sing our very best on this lovely hymn, Standing While We Sing, God Loved the World of Sinners Lost. souls rejoicing go shall to you be given a glorious foretaste here below of endless life in heaven we'll get the note and we'll sing the fourth verse and the chorus on accompaniment please
our loving eternal Father in heaven. We thank thee for the love of God in Christ. And surely we can say tonight there is no greater love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. The love that we have so many times one to another is it's love that has its problems and difficulties and its shortcomings. But we thank thee there's no such shortcomings with the love of God. It's a perfect love. And we thank thee that we see it displayed in the place called Calvary. We thank thee for giving your son. We thank the Lord that when heaven gave the Savior to this old world, it gave its very best. And we rejoice tonight that the Lord Jesus Christ came into this world to seek and to save that which was lost. And we come this evening on this glorious day to give thee thanks and praise for all thy goodness to us. We thank thee for every temporal mercy. We thank thee, Lord, for every temporal blessing that you've bestowed upon us. But, Lord, we thank thee most of all that you didn't leave us in our sin. We thank thee, Lord, that you haven't left us to our own devices. We rejoice that you haven't left us to work our way to heaven. We thank thee that you've made that perfect plan of redemption whereby sinful fallen man can be reconciled to a holy God. And so, our loving Father, as we've gathered on this the evening of thy day in thy house, we pray that you'll bless our time together. We thank thee for these lovely hymns. We thank thee that we can render our praise unto thee. And we pray, Father in heaven, that there'll be a very conscious sense of thy presence in our midst tonight. We can come and we can go through the form of a service, but Lord, we desire above all tonight that you'd come in mighty blessing in this gathering. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh, we pray. Lord, we cry tonight you'll deal with each one of us. For Lord, we need a fresh encounter with the God that we love. And we pray that tonight there will not be one who leave this service, but that there will be rejoicing in the knowledge of sins forgiven. My happy soul rejoices. The sky is bright above. I'll join the heavenly voices and sing, redeeming love for there's power in Jesus' blood. We rejoice tonight in the precious blood of the Saviour. And we pray, our Father in heaven, as much as made of Christ, that thou will be pleased to bless our coming together. Bless our dear sister Sandra. We thank thee for her. And we pray that you'll be with her. We pray that she'll know thy help. And may Davy and the family continue to know the blessing of God to be their portion. Bless Christine as she sings and as thy servant brings thy word. We pray that tonight there will be in all our hearts a praise that will render unto thee and say, How great is the God we adore. We're not unmindful of those who cannot be with us. We pray for those at home and those in the hospital bed. We pray, our loving Father, that each one will know that portion and blessing of the God of heaven to be theirs this very night. Continue with us. We pray and ask these things in the Saviour's name. Amen. Amen. I will sing of my Redeemer and his wondrous love to me on the cruel cross he suffered from the curse to set me free. Let's all stand while we sing this lovely hymn after we get the note, please. <clears throat> Oh. 
testimony, that's later on in the service, but we're also coinciding tonight's meeting with a valedictory service for Greg. Greg has been studying now for three years in the Whitfield College of the Bible as he's been doing his theological training. He has one more year in the will of the Lord. And Greg, we want to congratulate you. I don't know whether you've heard how well you did in your exams. I'm sure you got the results. But in Presbytery, those results were read out in the absence of the students. And Greg was one that scored very high and has been awarded a bursary from our Presbytery. He's going to come now and just leave some prayer requests for us as he anticipates going back to the Whitfield College of the Bible. Thank you. Well, good evening. It's lovely to be here as always at our home congregation. And I want to thank, of course, you all tonight for coming. And I know, of course, I'm not the main attraction tonight. We're here, of course, to the testament. It's lovely um, to be able to uh, testify to the saving and the keeping work of the Lord. And we're looking forward to our sister coming and doing that in a little while. As I said, I want to thank the congregation here at Hebron, also the Reverend Park, and to the session, the committee, just for your love and for your encouragement that you've shown to me and to my family over the past well, three or four years since I've been in college, but even longer than that as well, of course. Uh, it was a big part here in the preaching of the Reverend Park through, by, by through I became um, saved and got to know the Lord on that uh, personal basis. We appreciate and value your support, of course, the prayers you offer, uh, the financial support, the practical support, more than words that can really express um, tonight. And I also want to thank tonight um, my mother-in-law and my father-in-law, Alec and Roberta, and even to Rebecca's family, her sisters as well, for all they do for us as a family. And I know they do so much for Rebecca, particularly as well with the boys. And me being away preaching so much can be quite difficult, of course, in church and other things as well. And I just want to thank them for that as well. It's made college life that much easier for me, knowing that I can go and do what the Lord's called me to do. And I've really enjoyed getting uh, more involved in the work here in Hebron this year, of course, with the home mission and other things as well. And I have to admit, I'm always nervous standing before you, and you maybe can detect tonight. I'm not preaching, but I'm still nervous because um, I find it difficult sometimes to express uh, how much you all mean to me. But you're so gracious to me with your feedback. I don't always deserve it. Um, but I'm also encouraged as well, just by all the encouragement that you give to me and to Rebecca as well. And I've had the pleasure of getting to know you some, some of you a bit better this year as well through the home mission, coming to visit you in your homes, and you've looked after me, given me cups of tea, um, fed me as well. And, of course, I think from first year to now in college, I'm starting to expand. I think that tends to happen with ministers and students as well. But Mr. Park seems to be doing okay, so we need to ask him what his secret is. He's been preaching for a long time, but he's still keeping slim. And I've really enjoyed as well the schools ministry, the youth challenge as well. And I just ask you to pray for that as it commences for another season. Of course, I'm sure all the young people are so happy to be back in school again. But we'll be starting again, God willing, going into the schools and, of course, bringing the gospel to the boys and girls and presenting Jesus Christ to them. And I'm here tonight, of course, in my school uniform. I still am going to school but I genuinely, from the bottom of my heart, really enjoy Bible College. I really do. It's such a privilege. It's such an honor, if that's the right word to use, to be able to go and to learn more about my Lord every single day, 
to have good fellowship with men and women of uh, like precious faith who have a desire to serve the Lord. But I must admit tonight there's one thing I'm pretty happy, I'm not sorry that it's finished, and that's Hebrew. Because for the first time going into fourth year, I don't have any languages. And I generally like languages, by the way. I enjoyed French and stuff in school, but Hebrew, I don't know, just wasn't for me. And I know there's certain ministers, one minister in particular I'm thinking of, he loves Hebrew, and I don't want to offend him. But Greek, first and second year, I got that, I understood it. It was maybe more logical, being a mathematical background, I guess I enjoyed that a little bit more. But, you know, I struggle with the English language, going from left to right. And in Hebrew, you're going from right to left, so, and symbols, all of those things. But, you know, the Lord was good, and the Lord has seen me through that also. It's really hard to believe that I'm going into fourth year. And you're maybe looking tonight and saying, well, it's not hard for us to agree because look how grey you've got in these four years. I am feeling the greys, I'm feeling getting older. I am, as I said, expanding as well. But it's so, it's so amazing to think how quickly that time has passed. Some ways it's been a blink, really, it has. You're busy, of course, serving the Lord, doing all of those things. And these past three years have went by so quickly. The beginning of fourth year comes that realization too that I'm almost finished college and we're heading to somewhat of an unknown future. Uh, first year, you know, you think to yourself, well, have three more years to go of this. Second year, have another two years. In the third year, we'll have one year. But this is my last year and after that, then who knows? And of course, our human minds, they allow us to have those worries to creep in, the doubts and, well, where's the Lord going to have me to serve him? And it's actually, it was funny, we were chatting, me and Rebecca, recently, and I've been praying about this and thinking about this, and you have the worries, of course, it's natural, and I was expressing these to her, and she had, was having the same worries, and therefore we were able, to, of course, then to come together and to pray together about those things. But the ultimate thing to know in all of that is that we have a God in heaven. We have the Lord, and he knows the future. He knows the plans that he has for us all, and we rejoice in it that they are plans of good and plans of peace, and to give us that expected end. But regarding the future, of course, I would appreciate that you would continue just to pray for me, for Rebecca, even for the boys too, that the Lord would reveal even that will for our lives. This year, he'd make it abundantly clear. He would open doors that need to be opened, and he would close doors that need to be closed. Finally, your college, you also have the opportunity then to take on an assistantship as a student, and I was very thankful as well that uh, the Martyrs Memorial in Belfast have agreed to take me on for the year and I started there actually in July. I wanted to get started and get as much experience as I could so I've been there for two months now and I just pray that that time would be profitable, that much will be done for the Lord, that I would learn lots, get lots of experience. Of course I get, I'm already getting a lot of experience here in Balamoni through the minister here. Um, it's more of a country church and Belfast is more of a city church so I'm getting I guess the best of both worlds um, as well, hospital visitation, all those things. But I pray, of course, that the Lord would work in that church, that souls would be saved and the martyrs. And it's always my prayer that the same would be for this church in Hebron. church is very close to our hearts. That the Lord would work here, that he would continue even to keep his hand upon the church. And with mission coming up as well, that he would save many souls. That, as Mr. Park was saying this morning, that we would even do our part in, in bringing people in. We all have a work to do, of course, for the Lord. And all having that little bit of personal evangelism too. Just in bringing in our loved ones, our friends, our families even to see them saved. I ask you to, pray for, to continue to pray for Rebecca and the boys. I always like to leave that before you. And Daniel is to start at P1. And that's amazing, start at P1 in the Christian school. And I think maybe I should be requesting prayer for Lydia or Mrs. Moore because she has to look after him for the year. 
And Gideon, God willing, will be starting sunbeams in January. And again, Julie, I don't think you've any idea what you're in for. Um, you'll have your hands full. You need, definitely need more workers if he's coming in January. But we're so thankful even just for the boys that we have, particularly the start Daniel had in life. It's amazing just to see what the Lord's done with him. But we pray for us as parents that we would seek to show Christ to them in our home. And I'm so thankful that they love coming to church. They love reading the Bible. They love doing their memory verses, singing children's courses. And you know, all of that's great. And all of that's wonderful. But ultimately our prayer for them, as would be for all the children in this church, is that they would know Jesus Christ as their Savior. Because that's the only thing that really matters in life. That Jesus Christ would be their Savior. That he would be the Savior of all here tonight. And I would even say to you, if you're not saved, that you would come and you would put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because it's the most important thing. Having that personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I know this year is going to be busy. I just ask that you'll keep praying. That I'll be able to balance the time between visitation, between the sessionship, home mission, preaching, college. And I will be blessed in the business of it all as well. You know, human mind gets tired, doesn't it, at times. But just pray that I'll continue to be blessed by it. Because it is a privilege to be able to study God's word. To be able to do all of these things. But ultimately I would pray even tonight that I would grow closer to the Lord. And that the Lord would make me the man that he's called me to be. That's my prayer every single day. And again, if I could just express it in human language, that I would not let the Lord down. And you know what I mean by that. The Lord's called me, and it's a wonderful thing to be called, but great responsibility as well. And I just pray, and I ask you to pray for me, that the Lord would just make me the man of his choosing, of his calling. And again, just let me thank you for your support and for your love to me, and, and thank you even just for taking the time to be here tonight. Thank you. Greg, thank you very much. We remember that time when we got the news coming through when you tuned in on Sermon Audio in those days and came to know the Lord as your Savior, and we've watched you grow in grace and the knowledge of God, and then to see you going into Bible college and training for the ministry has been a great encouragement to this congregation. This congregation has been so blessed. And we know that the children love to come to church. And Daniel was a wee bit upset as he was leaving this morning in your arms. And it was because he didn't want to leave. So it's good when children don't want to leave church. They want to stay on. And we wish you well. Uh, you've come through the Hebrew part. Uh, that's always a difficult part. Mr. Greenfield, he used to say that he thought that Hebrew was a male tea bag. You have to think about that one, a Hebrew. But... Uh, and he says he knew a little Greek. He owned a restaurant down the road. So uh, languages were just being introduced to the men in those days. Uh, we trust that the Lord will indeed bless you. We're going to have a wee word of prayer. Just commit Greg to the Lord. Uh, he's entering his final year. David Macaulay has finished the course and hopefully will graduate, graduate in the not too distant future. <coughs> and we're continuing to pray for an open door to be given to Jonathan. The church has been so blessed over these years with young men and women as well going into Bible college. We think of Kirsty, and she's settling. And we've been in touch with her. My wife's been in touch with her. Had a long conversation with her last night on the phone. And uh, many of you will remember Chris McLean, who left a number of years ago, went over to Scotland to train. Uh, as a doctor's medicine course and then felt the call of God into full-time service and 
He is engaged now in theological training as well. So how blessed we've been as a church. Let's, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the congregation here and over the years, the, the witness that has been made, the preaching of the gospel, the effect that it has had upon so many lives, molding them and shaping them, young people who have come to trust in the Lord and then felt constrained of the Lord to go into full-time service. And we pray for Greg as he enters this final year that the Lord will be with him in every class. May he know a real conscious sense of the presence of God as he prepares himself for the future and wherever God has for him in the coming days. We pray that thou wilt be with him as thou hast promised to be and help him to come through the course and his fellow students as well. As David finishes now, again we're praying that God will be pleased to open an effectual door for him. We believe that there is a time and there is a place all appointed by Almighty God. Remember Jonathan, that again for him, very soon, that door that is effectual will open before him and that he will be able to enter by the grace of God. And as Kirsty and Chris are now studying, help them to show themselves approved unto God. And we pray that all these young people will be used mightily of the Lord in time to come. So bless us, Lord, and continue with us tonight and speak to all of our hearts for Jesus' sake. Amen. We bid you welcome uh, to the house of God tonight. This is our family night and our friends' night. Thank you for coming. If you're a visitor with us, we especially want to make you feel welcome. Uh, we have Chantel uh, with us tonight and uh, baby Jacob that we've been praying so much for. Just lovely to see them in the house of God this evening. We trust that the Lord will continue to bless this family and undertake in every way for the little one that the hand of God will be mightily upon the child. Just to mention this evening that the Youth Fellowship are having a practice. So there's a choir practice after the service is over and they'll be meeting there in the church hall. Refreshments will be served. If you can stay here in the fellowship area, there'll be a cup of tea and something to eat for all who are able to stay with us. Tomorrow morning commences the Hebron Tots again, getting back into the new term, and that's at 10 o'clock. If you know of parents who have small children that are not of school age as yet, you can let them know that this takes place every Monday morning. We've been doing this for many years now, and it's a good witness. Then we have the preparation for our gospel mission this week. Tomorrow night, Tuesday night, outreach nights meeting at the church at 7 o'clock. I trust many of you will be able to join with us as we go out with the leaflets, post them through the doors. Then Wednesday, Thursday and Friday, prayer meeting nights each night at 8 o'clock. Let's come and pray together. So important by way of preparing our hearts for the mission. Sunbeams Preschool, we appeal for workers. If you can help see Julie McLenahan about that, even if you can do a couple of days a month, that would be very much appreciated. Saturday morning, the open air in the centre of the town, 11 o'clock. And then in the evening time, there is a baptism service that will take place here. It'll be a Ukrainian baptism service. As we said this morning, they were planning to go to the Atlantic Ocean, but in second thoughts, they thought it might be quite cold and so they've requested the facilities here. There's no problem with that. Five o'clock is the time. And two of their young ladies who have come to know the Lord and are ready for baptism will be baptized on Saturday evening, God willing. Do you remember the prayer meeting at eight o'clock next Lord's Day? 
Sunday school at 10.30, Bible class at a quarter to 11. As Phil deals with the overall subject, what every Christian ought to know. And he's coming to the Lord's table next Sabbath day. Worship service, 12 noon. I'll be here to preach a short message. We've indicated that this morning, that the, the meeting, as far as broadcasting is concerned, will be shorter. Because at the end of that, we're having a testimony of a converted Hindu. I'm not permitted just to mention his name publicly online, but we're in for a good time as we listen to how the Lord saved this young man and where he serves the Lord and what his future plans are with our own denomination. So remember that, please. Come and attend and support the Lord's servant. Then on Sunday night, our mission begins in Dalriada School. And that's at 7 o'clock, preceded by the time of prayer at 6.30. So you go to the front entrance at Dalriada School. As soon as you drive up, you take the first left into the school. And there's plenty of car parking facilities and two car parks that we're going to use. Then the mission continues each night, Monday to Friday at 8 o'clock. And including three Sundays, we have Sunday the 10th right through to the 24th. Please pray as often as you can for the mission. If you're visiting tonight, I want to mention the testimony on the 15th of October. Courtney Bradley Harris lives in England. Little Jewish boy born in Germany. Uh, was saved from the Holocaust because his mother put him into an orphanage. But as the Nazis were coming and persecuting the Jewish people, life was becoming very difficult even for the children in the orphanages. Here in the United Kingdom, our government organized kinder transport and 10,000 children were rescued from the Holocaust by coming to these uh, islands. And Courtney was one. He was a five-year-old boy, came on the last train, and when he grew up, learned the English language, he was adopted into a Christian home in England, got saved when he was 15, and then God called him into the work, and he's been preaching the word for over 60 years, and he's almost 90, and he's coming to tell us how the Lord worked in his life. There is a rally against the RSE, and from the Christian Institute, Mr. Callum Webster will be speaking, and that rally will take place on the 30th of September in the Martyrs Memorial at 7 o'clock. These are all the announcements to make. We're going to bring our tithes and offerings in. It's let the Bible speak in missionary covenant support. And just as our sisters are coming to the organ and the, the piano, I'm going to sing the hymn 307. Recently I mentioned what Greg was preaching on during the summer, Isaiah 53, told the story of a family many years ago that read this chapter with their children every day. They not only learned it simply because it was being read in the home, but it made a great impression upon them. And all of them grew up, went into the Lord's work, and uh, some became preachers, missionaries, and so forth. We began to read that with our children, and I know others did. There was a wee family in Oldham Broad at the time, and before I left to come back to Northern Ireland, they were able to recite Isaiah 53, all of them, all the four children, before we came home. So we have decided to encourage our grandchildren to learn this chapter. And we said, you know, if you learn it, you'll get five pounds. That's a lot of money, isn't it? Well, it used to be. It is for a child. And I want to broaden that out 
to the church children as well. We'd like you to learn Isaiah 53, and I'll get some of them printed uh, so that you can have it. But of course, it's in God's Word. Learn this chapter, and if you can say it off by heart, Phil will give everyone five pounds. All right, amen. And if, when you run out, Mervyn, he's, he's, he's going to do the rest. No, I'll, I'll be responsible for that. We want to, the children to learn this tremendous, is probably the most tremendous prophetic passage of Scripture to do with Christ that we have in all the Old Testament. I know not why God's wondrous grace to me has been made known, nor why unworthy as I am he claimed me for his own. But right throughout the hymn, we're able to testify as God's people, as the apostle did, but I know whom I have believed. Let's sing it together, keeping our seats for the hymn.
Sandra's behind me and Davy's there in the congregation. We want to bid both of you welcome in the Saviour's precious name. You've had a, a long connection with the church here in Hebron and we remember the sorrow and tragedy that came to your family those years ago when your son was taken, taken to glory. And Sandra's here tonight to, to give her testimony as the Lord enables her. And we're looking forward to that. We've been praying for this meeting. But just before she comes, uh, there is a request for Christine to sing a little piece on behalf of Sandra. And we'll ask our sister Christine story to do that. Should be an E in that name, Christine. See that? Tell me the old, old story. Amen. Thank you. 
I would like to thank my dear sister Christine for singing that beautiful piece, which means a lot to me. Um, in the early days, as you will hear as I share my testimony. Um, apologies for being late this evening. We did leave the house early and half an hour into our journey and our son phoned. He says, Mom, your Bible's here. And I thought, no, it couldn't be. I brought it out to the car. I looked down, no, no Bible. I had sat the Bible on the roof of the car and remembered I needed to bring something else out. We took off, we headed up the road, hence the phone call. Everything in the Bible was all over the place. I'm not a public speaker by any means. I have to write down what I say. That was all over the place. But you know, the Lord is always a step ahead. My brother-in-law, Norman, had just turned in off the main road onto the road in which we live. He's seen the Bible and papers scattered everywhere, picked it up, knew exactly who owned it, tried to contact us, but our phones were in silent. We weren't using them. And thankfully, he got Dwayne. Dwayne very quickly did get onto me, and that is why we were late. So apologies. But I thank the Reverend Park tonight and the elders and the committee of the church for inviting me along to share and to tell you what the Lord has done for me. My name's Sandra Marshall, as you already have heard. Um, I am married to David. The Lord blessed us with three beautiful children and I'll continue on now. <laughs> Tonight, I want to give all glory to my Lord and Savior and to give praise and thanks for saving me, for being and still is my guide through life. A verse that is very special to me is found in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not on thine own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. God knows the way for my and our lives, even in the difficult times when we can't see or understand, God's way is perfect. He instructs us to put all of our trust in him. In Psalm 139, verse 14, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. The Lord knew us before we were born. I was brought up in a Christian home, and even though I didn't realize it then, but looking back, what a blessing and privilege was mine. Mum and Dad both love the Lord. I have four sisters and one brother. We were sent faithfully each Sunday to church and Sunday school. 
We also attended the midweek meetings, children's meetings, and when old enough youth, you never got to stay at home. The only time you were allowed to stay at home was if you were sick. Saturday was preparation day in our home. Housework done, Sunday dinner prepared, baking for visitors, and Sunday school lessons all had to be learnt. Our home was a busy home. Lots of people coming and going. I knew from an early age about salvation, learning all the little choruses and listening to all the Bible stories. And at the age of eight, after my Sunday school class one Sunday morning, I stayed behind and told my teacher, Miss Ivy Lone, that I wanted to be saved. I remember running up to my dad after church and telling him that I had got saved. He was delighted that morning. A few years on, I was now out working, and I got the taste for the things of the world. New friends places to go where I never would have been. And church and the Lord gradually was pushed to the side. I only went out to church to please my parents. I have to say, I never did enjoy anything and always felt guilty whenever I would come home from a night out. But thank God for praying parents. Because God heard and answered their prayers. He took away my hardened heart, and praise God, I asked the Lord back into my life. God gave me a wee verse in Psalm 32 and verse 8. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye, and what a promise. I had my own personal guide through life. If you're a parent here tonight and your children are not saved or have went away from the Lord as I did, keep praying for them. Get on your knees and pray and pray continually. The Lord never gave up on me and he won't give up on them. Skipping on now a few more years, I had met my husband, David, at Castlewell in camp. And on the 11th the 4th, 1988, we got married. We bought our first home outside Oma, and we attended Oma Free Presbyterian Church. Two years later, the Lord blessed us with our first precious little boy. Joel was born on the 20th of the 4th, 90. And on the 26th of the 9th, 91, we were delighted with the arrival of our beautiful daughter, Cherith. 1994 was another special year. The Lord blessed us with the safe arrival of Duane on the 10th of April. How blessed we were. The Lord was good, and as the hymn says, Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. The Lord's love is steadfast. It never ceases. His mercy never comes to an end. They are new every morning. Davy was a Sunday school teacher and a leader in the children's meetings. And one night after the children's meeting, Joel got down 
by his bedside and asked the Lord into his heart. And I thank the Lord tonight that each one of our children asked God to save them in their primary school years. The year 2007, we had planned a family holiday to the south of France. I was sort of thinking that this would probably be Joel's last year with us. He was now 17, and when we had come back from home that year, from that holiday, he said that he would be going next year with his friends. That year, that next year, Joel and three of his friends went to Canada. They had an amazing time. He even brought me back a photo frame, and I bought that photo frame with me tonight. I think the world of it. He brought me back this little photo frame. Joel is the one in the red, if you're looking at it later. But on the top of it, it said, the mountains are calling and I must go. He told us that he really, that we really should go to Canada and that we would love it. On the 20th of April, Joel turned 19. He was now out working. He owned his wee car with which the help of his dad restored it. He just loved life. He would enjoy winding me up, always full of fun and carry on. Sunday evening usually found Joel and his friends at an after church youth rally. On Sunday, the 26th of April, Joel and his friends headed for Randallstown Free Presbyterian Church Youth. And on those nights, I never expected him home any sooner than one o'clock or so. He would usually send a wee text saying, leaving now, Mum. And that would leave me content. The weather was so bad that night, awful rain. We had went down to bed, but as usual, I don't sleep until all are safely in. That night, two o'clock came, half two, three o'clock. I then woke Davy and told him that Joel wasn't in yet, and that I was worried. I had texted him several times, but there was no reply. I tried to phone him, but it just went on to voicemail. I was getting more and more anxious, but Davy said, it will be okay, he'll be home soon. Eventually, around four in the morning, car lights came up the drive. Davy said, there you go now, he's home. But the next thing, the doorbell went. We both jumped out of bed. We went up to the door, which was frosted glass, and we could see the shape of a policeman on the other side. I cannot begin to tell you how I felt that night. There are just no words. The fear, the weakness, the sick, the pain of what we were about to hear. Joel was home, but in his heavenly home. The Lord had taken him instantly from a very bad accident on the Oma Cookstown Road to be with him in heaven. Two elderly people, a husband and a wife, also died that night. Over the next few days, we were in shock. Everything in our lives had changed completely. 
having to tell Cherif and Duane that morning that their brother wouldn't be coming home was the hardest thing we ever had to do. But the Lord was with us. He was right there in Duane's bedroom as we spoke with them both. People flooded our home. They showed us love and kindness and assured us of our prayers to which we were grateful for all. And I would like to thank this congregation as well because I know you were praying so much for us as a family. And I thank God tonight for God's family because we do hold each other up in prayer. The next few days, weeks, months, all seemed like one long day that had no night. People kept coming to our home. For the next few months, I hadn't to cook a meal for weeks. Our freezer was filled, cooked meals left on the doorstep, and many other acts of kindness. Davy and I prayed every night before we went to bed. But one night, Davy said, Honey, I see no point in praying anymore. Immediately I felt sick. Inwardly I prayed, Dear Lord, help me. For 11 months, Davy lost interest in the things of the Lord. Praying, church, people, and even his own business, which is a vintage classic car restorer, and always loved his work, but even that was gone. Our home had changed so much, so many rows, things breaking down, nothing ever worked out for him. Life was a struggle, but God was there. A friend of mine called at our home one day, and she told me about a family in Ballamallard, whose daughter had died in a car accident back in February. And I thank the Lord that that girl also knew the Lord and is in heaven today. That was the same year, and she was also only 19. I remember I was very keen to know more of this family and how they were coping. Two or three months on, ahead of us. Every few weeks, Gillian would call, and all I wanted to know was, how was this family in Ballamallard? Eventually, Gillian gave my number to Sandra, and Sandra's number to me. Her name was also Sandra. We started to text each other, and for months, we would have texted each other every day. I felt that I knew this person so well, even though we never had met. We did arrange to meet one evening, and from that moment, we clicked. There was a bond. It felt so right. Sandra and I shared so much about our children, who were now in heaven. There were many, many tears. In Psalm 56, God talks about our tears. Every tear is precious. It matters to God. And praise the Lord, one day, he will wipe away every tear. Sandra had invited me along to a ladies' meeting one evening. It was small, but I sat and listened and just cried my way through. There were opportunities to talk after. Some of the other ladies talked of their families and what they would like prayer for. A few weeks later, I found myself telling them about my family and how difficult it was. 
I asked them to pray for my husband who had turned away from the Lord and who wanted little or nothing to do with him. Those Tuesday evenings were like a real blessing and encouragement to me. I always likened it to a battery being charged up. It kept me going for the week ahead. I did find it hard to read my Bible, so I could only manage the Psalms and did find comfort in them. In Psalm 16, verse 8, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. And verse 11, thou shalt show me the path of my life. Psalm 27, the Lord is the light of my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And Psalm 29, the Lord will give strength. Psalm 34, the Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart. In our home, life wasn't easy. Davy had no interest in anything. He just had given up on all. I was trying to keep all together and to keep our family life normal, but it wasn't normal. The old devil was definitely working overtime. And when we were at our weakest, he was rubbing his hands and seeing where he could damage next. I was tired and struggling to keep all going until one day I myself questioned heaven and hell. Were they real? Where was Joel? I cried so much. I went down to my bedside and I asked the Lord for help. When I'd stopped, when I had stopped praying, I lifted over my Bible and it fell open at John 16, verse 22. Staring right back at me was the wee verse, but I will see you again and my heart shall rejoice. I read it again, trembling and crying. I thanked the Lord, and boy, I knew from that moment heaven and hell are real, and that God is alive, and Joel was in heaven. I was ready to fight for my family with the strength of the Lord. The old devil wasn't going to destroy or ruin our home. In Mark 10, verse 9, What therefore... God hath joined together, let no man put asunder. Many, many more tough days ahead, but God was always there. He gave me a wee verse in Philippians 4 and 13. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthened me. Whenever I was facing a bad day or a difficult situation, I always would have repeated this in my head. And somehow I just knew and felt the Lord was near. For 11 months, our home was very different. Davy just wasn't interested in the things of God anymore. But at the same time, the Lord was doing something in me. He was building me up, making me strong in my faith. One evening, there was another fallout in our home. I was tired, I lifted the car keys and I left. I felt I just couldn't go on any further and I just couldn't take any more. I was crying, not only for my husband, who I really didn't know anymore. He seemed to have changed so much, but for Joel. I just wanted all back to where we were before the accident on the 27th of April. 
tears tripping me. I drove for miles. I then pulled in at Kilimati. I cried out unto the Lord for him to give me back my husband. I knew I couldn't have Joel back, but please bring Davy back to where he was, loving and serving the Lord. A few hours passed. I went back down the road to home. Dinner hadn't been eaten. All was a mess. Cherith and Dwayne had left. Davy was down in the garage, and he had several... Several times he had tried to get me on the phone, but I wouldn't answer. He came up from the garage, and there was a letter from Cherith. She had wrote to the both of us, and this is the letter. I have it with me tonight. Cherith had wrote this letter to us both, and I'm going to read you out just a few wee things that she had said on it. I want you two to sort things out. Dad, you're shutting mum out of your life and you're also pushing God away. I know so much has went wrong. There is still me and Dwayne. By losing Joel, it should have brought us closer together than pushing us apart. Dad, you're supposed to be the male father figure in the family. The more you blame God, the more he's going to knock at you. Dad, you're not going to win against God. Please, please, sort yourselves out. Sit down tonight to each other and talk to each other. Dad, you don't you dare make any excuses. Love you both. Cherith was just... 16, coming 17, when she wrote that letter. When I read it, tears tripping me. I asked Davy if he had read it. He said he had. I then asked him what he was going to do about it. I told him we couldn't continue going on the way we were and that our marriage would be over. I then took him by the hands and sat down, our heads touching. There was a, a monk's bench in our kitchen and in the kitchen table and the chairs. So I had sat on the monk's bench and he had sat in the chair and I had bowed my head and he had bowed his head and our two heads both touched. I started to pray. I can't remember what I prayed, but I know now it was all of God As soon as I had finished, I was still praying silently that the Lord would move in his heart. And praise God, he did. For within seconds, Davy started to pray. It was a wonderful feeling just to hear him repent and ask the Lord back into his life. It was so good. God had given me back my hubby. From then till now, we are still on a journey. We have seen God answer prayers so much in our lives. Prayer is key. We try so many times to solve our own problems. And what a mess we make. Plus, not only that, but we make ourselves ill. Another wee favourite verse of mine, which is really so short, 
but it's the hardest one to be, is in Psalm 46 and verse 10, be still. Anyone that knows me knows that I love going for prayer walks. I go up the wee back road. There's no, next to no traffic on it. I pray and I cry and I sing unto the Lord. There I meet with him and he meets with me. He burdens my heart for those that I need to pray for. I see all the different seasons, the beautiful colors, and I hear the sweet music of the little birds. God's creation is wonderful. I do be in all of his beauty. There is always something new and fresh to see. How could you not believe that there is a God? I am so thankful to the Lord for my salvation, my Christian upbringing, and for household salvation in our home. God, God's presence is real. We have the privilege of prayer. He's all-powerful. He is a God who hears and answers prayer according to his will. That verse I quoted earlier in Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not on thine own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Whenever the days were tough, the Lord always was near, and he was and is that lamp unto my feet and that light unto my path. The Lord is our guide. That first year, Christmas 2009, I was always a crazy girl about Christmas, and I loved my Christmas decorations, and, and would have had them everywhere in the house, apart from maybe the bedrooms. And um, I knew, how are we going to get through Christmas this year? Um, I just wanted to block it from the calendar. And um, Cherith did come to me a few weeks before Christmas and says, Mom, can we put up the tree? And my heart just sunk and I just, I just cried. I couldn't even answer her. And we had a, a, a good minister, a good friend of ours, the Reverend Jeffrey Abraham. He would have visited our home a lot. And he would have sat for hours sometimes at the kitchen table. And he would have prayed with me whenever he knew that Davy was in his backslidden state. And I spoke to him. I told him about Cherith wanting to put up the Christmas tree. And he just looked at me and he smiled. And he says, Sandra, he says, let the cutty put up the tree. And if you know Jeffrey Abraham, you would know the way he would say that. So we did. A friend of mine came and took me away that day and I, we came back and I was actually crying before I even came into the house and I was always very much tradition, the golds, the greens and the reds on the tree and Cherith, she says, right mum, let's go into the sitting room. So whenever we were all crying at that stage before we even opened the door and um, Whenever we opened the door, I just was in awe. For all I could see was the white and the gold. And immediately I thought of heaven. And I just thought, if Joel's there, oh, I can't wait to go. And you know that Christmas, 
really have left it easier because when I looked at that Christmas tree and thought of heaven and the beautiful place where Joel was, I knew he wouldn't want to come back. The Lord had given us many promises in life. I remember in 2011, July, that was two years after Joel went to be with the Lord, Cherith went on an OM mission trip. She had happened to be the only one going to Moldova. I was really worried about it, and I had asked the Lord for to give me a verse. I couldn't let her go without knowing from the Lord that this was definitely of him. So in Genesis chapter 28, and in the verse 15, and behold, I am with thee, I will keep thee in all places whither thou goest, and I will bring thee again unto this land, for I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken of thee. And I just knew, and I had that peace in my heart, knowing that the Lord would be with her. Dwayne also went on an OM mission trip in 2020 of and that year and I also had asked the Lord for a verse. That was the same year that COVID had came and in Isaiah chapter 58 and in verse 11 and the Lord shall guide thee continually satisfy thy soul in drought and make fat thy bones and thou shalt be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters fail not. Dwayne was very young whenever the Lord took his brother home. He struggled many times, but while out in Jordan, God had a plan for him. He gave him a greater love for the Lord and a desire to read and study, something I never did see Dwayne do at home. And by the end of that year, he came home a very different person. The Lord's hand was upon us all in a way in those difficult years. The people he brought into our lives, the practical ways in which they brought comfort, things happened to us that I'd only ever listened before in testimonies and wondered, did that really happen? How could the Lord have done that? But I now can testify to the goodness of God. His path for our lives is perfect. In Ephesians 3, verse 20 and 21, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ever asked or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Whenever I look back on this past 14 years, I might have not realized at the time, but the Lord was definitely in everything, even the times I may have doubted or questioned all. He giveth more grace when the burdens grow greater. 
he sendeth more strength when the labors increase. To added affliction he addeth his mercy. To multiplied trials his multiplied place. His love has no limits. His grace has no measure. His power no boundary known unto men. For out of infinite riches in Jesus he giveth and giveth and giveth again. The photo frame that I had spoken about earlier that Joel had brought back, which read, The mountains are calling and I must go. I now read it as, The Lord is calling and I must go. Joel bought the frame and little did he know that over six months later, the Lord would be calling and taking him home. If the Lord was calling you tonight, are you ready? Have you asked the Lord into your heart? Joel was. And one day, I shall see him again. It's only goodbye for now. In John 10, verse 9, I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved. And Ephesians 2, verse 8, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Amen. Thank you, Sandra, for testifying tonight. Appreciate your honesty. Some things that are said very publicly, but we trust that it's been a help to you. And God's grace is sufficient. I was thinking of that verse as I was listening to Sandra tonight, where the Lord says, my grace is sufficient. And it is. There's saving grace, (coughs) grace that will bring you to Christ, save your soul, for by grace are you saved through faith. There is sustaining grace, and Sandra and Davy have proved the sustaining grace of God in the darkest times of life. And there is satisfying grace. He satisfies completely. And one day, that grace that saves us will take us home. Take us home to be with the Lord, which is far better. wonder you see it tonight. Have you experienced God's amazing grace? <coughs> the Lord says in his word, and with this I finish, for time is gone. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. The Lord's knocking tonight. Where is he? He's on the outside. And that, of course, was speaking about the Laodicean church. They had shut the Lord out. Maybe that's what you've done, done for years. You've shut the Lord out and he's knocking. And you know, the latch is on the inside. You and I must open the door and invite him in. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight for amazing grace, that grace that saves, that grace that sustains, that grace that satisfies, and the grace of God that will take us home one day to be with Christ, which is far better. (coughs) We pray that men and women, as they've sat and listened, 
to this testimony tonight will feel the challenge and the burden in their own heart that the Lord will speak to them. They'll hear the call of Christ. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And may there be that ready response to open the door, receive them in, know their sins forgiven, pardon and peace with God forevermore. Lord, hear this our prayer for Jesus' sake. Amen. We'll sing two verses of the closing hymn, 221. Come every soul by sin oppressed, there's mercy with the Lord, and he will surely give you rest by trusting in his word. tonight as you leave remember Jesus says come for all things are now ready everything is ready he has made complete satisfaction he has opened up the door he's been to the cross he's died for our sins and everything is ready for us to come to him may you come and obey his command Lord dismiss us now in your fear and in your love continue to speak to our hearts as the voice of of man and woman is silent. Lord, speak on with that still, small voice of the Spirit of God. And may there be a coming, a coming to Christ. We pray the sinners will be saved, the backsliders will be restored, and the people of God blessed and edified. And sure there be those troubled tonight and have come through difficult times. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name that they'll be helped too and that they will know God's sustaining grace in their lives for Jesus' sake. Amen. Amen.